Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you that the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received and wherein you stand, but which also you are saved if you keep in memory what I have preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He was seen of Cephas then of the twelve. After that He was seen above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that he was seen of James, then of all the apostles, and last of all he was seen of me, also as one born out of due time. Well, guess what we're going to talk about this morning? Resurrection. Praise God. Aren't you grateful for that song, There Ain't No Grave Gonna Hold My Body Down? Uh, a powerful, powerful song. Well, today we celebrate the greatest event that ever happened in the human history, and that was the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We know that the foundation of the church is built not upon the sayings of man nor upon the creed of man, but the foundation of the church is built upon the fact that Jesus died on the cross for the sins of the world. He was buried, but three days later he came back to life in power. That is what the foundation of the church is built upon, the resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. There is no other foundation upon which to build our life, and there is no other foundation upon which we could even tempt to try to build a church. With that being said, 2,000 years plus has passed uh, since Jesus Christ rose from the grave. But that does not negate the fact that it is a fact of history that He died, was buried, confirmed, and then rose from the grave, confirmed. The Bible said that there are many eyewitnesses and many infallible proofs of His death, His burial, and His resurrection. Not only do we have the biblical record and account, but there are no less than 17 secular historians uh, that have corroborated the fact that Jesus Christ uh, walked this earth, died the vicarious death upon the cross, was buried in a tomb, saw it sealed, and then saw him in a resurrected body. No less than 17 secular uh, historians of that day and age. One of which was Josephus, a Jewish historian. Which one also was Tacitus, uh, which was a Roman historian. They corroborate the same story as does the Bible. And they had nothing to gain by writing that history and everything to lose. Again, there were eyewitnesses. There were those that, uh, that were believed before Jesus died, that believed and saw him after he was risen from the grave. And there were some that became believers after they saw him uh, risen from the grave. Uh, he was seen of the disciples. He was seen by uh, some of the women. And, and, and yet he was seen as being raised from the dead. Uh, he was seen by many friends and 500 at one time saw him. So I'm grateful today that Jesus Christ indeed uh, is alive. Now some months ago I heard about an individual on television talk show uh, that made fun of former Vice President Mike Pence and was ridiculing his Christian faith. The talking head said it's one thing to talk to Jesus but it's another thing for Jesus to talk to us end of quote. The audience laughed as she continued to say that Mike Pence must have some type of a mental illness uh, in order to believe that Jesus speaks. Well we must be crazy ourselves my friend uh, because I believe 
believe Jesus speaks, and I believe he's still a God uh, that can speak to the hearts of mankind today. I am not worshiping some stick somewhere. I'm not worshiping some statue somewhere. I'm not worshiping some dead God somewhere. I'm worshiping a God who manifested himself to this world and one that's very much alive and concerned about the needs of humanity all around this world today. The gods of this world may be plentiful, but they're gods that have ears that cannot hear. They're gods that have eyes that cannot see. They're gods that have hands that cannot feel. And they're gods that have feet that cannot walk to you, nor can they walk with you. And there are gods of this world equally as well that have mouths that they cannot speak whatsoever. But I serve a God today, the God of the Bible, the God of Christianity, the God of the resurrection, who's very much alive and thank the Lord he still speaks in this hour in which we live today. He can be seen, uh, he can see, he can hear, he can touch, and thank God he can walk with us uh, wherever we go. He's not dead, he is alive, and thank God he is alive forevermore. They crucified him because he claimed uh, to be the Son of God. He rose from the grave because he is the Son of God, and he's the only man I ever know that outlived the pallbearers uh, that took him to the grave. Thank God he's alive even this morning. My God is the only one and true God. His name is Jesus Christ. He bore my sins in his body, and he took them to a cross and nailed them upon that cross. He suffered hell on that cross in order that you and I may not have to suffer hell. Uh, he that knew no sin became sin, and he died on the cross for that sin. He paid the ultimate price to satisfy the holy demands of God. He paid the price to satisfy the law of God that had been broken. And I want you to know he was died, and he was buried in a tomb, and it was confirmed uh, by the bitter enemies of Jesus Christ. The religious leaders, the political leaders, the government leaders of that day, they were thrilled to see Jesus die. They were thrilled to see him put in the tomb. They were thrilled to see uh, the stone placed upon it. They were thrilled to see the Roman seal put upon it, knowing that nobody uh, could ever touch it or be messed with it. And yet they thought they got rid of their worst nightmare. But let me tell you, honey, the Bible said it ain't over yet. I want you to know that Jesus Christ said, no man takes my life. I freely lay it down and I will freely pick it back up again. He said, destroy this temple to the Jewish leaders. And he said, three days later, come back to life. And they laughed and said, it took thousands of years, hundreds of years uh, to build this beautiful temple uh, that Solomon built. And you want to build it in three days? And in Jeff Davis' translation, no dingalings. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm talking about this temple. You destroy it. And in three days later, it's going to come back to life. I remind you that Jesus Christ uh, was in the belly of the earth for three days, but he rose from the grave and he vacated that tomb on that day. And thank God he powerfully and victoriously took the keys of death and the grave and said, I am he that was alive and died. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Guess what? He came out of the grave talking. He came out of the grave talking. Yes, our God can listen. He can also talk. The Bible said, long ago and at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He spoke to his disciples after the resurrection. He spoke to a group of women after the resurrection. He spoke to uh, the men on the mass road after the resurrection. And he spoke to 500 people at one time after his glorious resurrection. And guess what? He must still be speaking today or otherwise you and I wouldn't even be saved. 
Some God had to speak to us. And it wasn't the devil. It wasn't Buddha. It wasn't Muhammad. It wasn't Allah. It's the almighty God who came in the person of Jesus Christ who spoke to our heart and we're born again as a result of it. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. And there he told him about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that would soon come. And he talked about the work of the church. But he showed himself alive by many infallible proofs, being seen to them forty days and speaking the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Verse 9 says in Acts, And when he had thus spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Guess what? Jesus is still speaking today. If you look in the book of Revelation, you'll find at least seven times Jesus spoke to the churches and said, let him have an ear hear what the Spirit of God is saying. Over 3,000 times it's recorded in God's word of this, and it is written. Uh, From the mouth of God uh, to the heart of man uh, to the pen to paper, God was speaking uh, through the prophet, and his word has still come to pass. I remind you that Paul spoke to Saul of Tarsus on the Damascus road. Uh, Paul, or, uh, God, Jesus Christ spoke uh, to Peter and James and John. And Jesus Christ spoke uh, to many of the prophets and to apostles and to teachers and to evangelists and to missionaries and to pastors. And thank God he has spoken to deacons and lay people alike. And today he is still pe- speaking uh, to anybody that has an ear attuned to what he is trying to say. Friend, we are not insane people. We are redeemed people. And the God who hath redeemed us is still able to speak today. I remind you, I'm not a ashamed to say Jesus talks to me. I'm not mentally deranged. I walk upright. I can drive a car. I can fly an airplane if you can believe that. I'm a private pilot and I want you to know I got a few degrees by my name which don't mean a lot but it tells me I got some bit of sense about me this morning. You may call me a nut for believing uh, that Jesus can speak but I'm tied up to the right boat this morning and I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that my God is a God who speaks today. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He's speaking to people all this world. He's speaking to Muslims this morning. A men that have been deceived, women been deceived by religion of this world. And yet they're following uh, some lie that's going to lead them to hell, fire, and brimstone. And yet they're hearing the voice of a resurrected Christ say, this is the way, walk in it. He speaks to them through dreams. Uh, he speaks to them through vision. He speaks to them through the mouth of missionaries and preachers that will preach and teach uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ the Lord. I'm going to tell you, my God is a God that still speaks this morning. He speaks to us through tongues, interpretation. He speaks to us through prophetic word. He speaks to us this morning uh, through gifts and through signs and through wonders. He speaks today uh, through uh, dreams. He speaks to us uh, today through uh, the still small voice. He speaks to us every way that he possibly can today uh, because he speaks is a God of speaking. And he primarily speaks to us through the word of the living God. Jesus Christ was the living word and this is the written word. It's God's love letter to man. If you think you're not loved, read the book this morning. If you think God don't have a plan, read the book this morning. God speaks it and God will back it up and God will confirm it. The B-I-B-L-E, it's the only book for me. It's basic information before I go to heaven, praise God. He speaks this morning. Having said that, I think the idiots are the ones that thinks he can't speak. I think I said that out loud. (laughs) Because he rose from the grave, I have a promise from him that we as Christians will rise from the grave and we die if we die and are planted in the grave. What does that mean, preacher? 
There will be some folk that will never die. I hope we are that generation. I don't welcome to see that last enemy even though I know Jesus defeated it. I'm somewhat of a chicken. I like to take airplane rides. I'm looking forward to that plane air ride one day. Praise God. I'm not looking for a hole in the ground. I'm looking for a hole in the sky. Amen. 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 But if I die before the Lord comes back, I have assurance and the promise that because He rose from the grave and He's the first fruits of all them that sleep, death will have no hold on the child of God's body. Well, preacher, what about Lazarus? And what about the widow's child at Nain? And what about this one and that? They were not resurrected. They were resuscitated. Jesus is the firstborn of all those that sleep. Lazarus had to die. The widow's son at Nain had to die. They were resuscitated. But Jesus Christ was resurrected from the grave. But can we logically as people believe that a dead body can be resurrected? Well, let me ask you a question. Did you think 65 years ago that man would ever go to the moon? But today we have documented fact through pictures and video and personal testimony and through historians that man only went to the moon, but man walked on the moon, and we've still got junk on the moon to prove we've been there. We're the only people in the world that pollutes everywhere we go. (laughs) And yet it's a marvel. Now they're talking about we may colonize the moon. And they say we may colonize Mars one day. Let me tell you something. Don't, don't think it's an impossibility. Yesterday's, yesterday's seemingly impossibilities have become today's realities. So don't think for just a moment that resurrection is impossible. It may not make sense to our mind. But God can do anything. Friend, I don't swim that deep. I don't understand everything about resurrection. I just know enough to know it's going to happen. Amen. I don't understand to this day how a brown cow eats green grass, gives white milk, yellow butter, and brown patent leather shoes. I don't swim that deep. How in the world can I explain resurrection? The beauty of it is I don't have to explain it to enjoy it. I don't have to explain it to understand it. I don't have to explain it to know it's going to happen because I trust the God who said it's going to happen. Praise God. And if he died and rose from the grave, I've got confidence that there ain't nobody going to hold this tub of Lord down when the Lord comes back again. Praise God. Well, the achievements of science are something. Now, I read a thing some time ago about a, a doctor by the name of Michael Faraday. He was a great English scientist who contributed to the study of electromagnetism and electrochemistry. One of his students got depressed because he had a silver cup. And he dropped that silver cup in a, a bowl of nitric acid. And right before his eyes, that silver cup dissolved into nothing. And Dr. Faraday came over and tried to console the young man and said, don't worry. And Dr. Faraday took something that looked like salt. And he just simply dropped the apartment in, in, in that nitrine, that nitrate acid. And before their eyes, the silver began to materialize once again. And then they took it out while it was still malleable. And he fashioned it and formed it into another silver cup. Now my question to you is this. Was this the new cup or was it an old, a brand new one or an old one? The same one. It's yes and no. It's same in one sense because the substance was the same, but the shape of the cup was different, much finer than the previous one. Click. Click. Huh? 
Did you get that? When you speak of resurrection, what do we really mean? If we're going to have a new body, what's it going to look like? Will it be exactly the same body as the one we had in this life? Scripture tells us it's going to be the same, yet it's going to be different, just like that silver cup that Professor Faraday saw come back. When you speak of resurrection of the body, we don't mean it's going to be composed of the same cells that constitute our present body. Someone asked the question, how can there be a resurrection of the body if I got my leg blown off in Vietnam? How can it be a resurrection of the body if, I, if my body was burned in a fire? How can it be a resurrection of this body if I had a leg amputated or a toe amputated or ear removed or severed from my head? How can there be a resurrection of the body if I have been killed and burned up or if I have myself been cremated? Did you not know the Creator that created everything out of nothing to begin with? Now, preacher, you got me there. I just don't believe in this thing called creation. I believe there's a big boom. Where'd the big boom come from? <laughs> you see, God created everything out of nothing. That makes more sense than thinking nothing created everything. I, I don't take rocket science. It takes more faith to believe in evolution. It takes more faith to believe in the Big Bang Theory than it does in the beginning, God. Amen. We might as well say, well, there was a tornado, a junkyard, and that tornado went through, and there was a 747 once it left. It takes a lot of faith to believe that. If I were to take this watch that I have and I bust it up and put it in a shoebox, can I shake it for a thousand years and it come back tick, 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 tick? I don't think so. To believe that a big boom caused what we have? No. Our God is a creating God. And God, what's, what's more difficult for God? To, to make something out of nothing or to remake what once was already there? Come on. We're talking about resurrection this morning. Once you accept God as creator, you'll have no difficulty in believing his capability of reconstructing, or shall I say, reconstituting your body as he pleases. Possibly out of nothing, if need be. Nothing is too impossible with God. Look what he's done with human beings. Resurrection is not reconstruction of the old. Let me say it again. Resurrection is not reconstruction of the old. God does not have to need a broom to sweep together the cells of the body in order to make a new body out of the one that remained. Men have been buried at sea. Men have been buried uh, without arms and legs. We know that. But God can bring anything back to life. Look at what's been done to the human being. We're made up of the same physical and chemical parts. Every one of us, we have the same physical parts. We have the same chemical parts. But we're different. Amen. And some wife said, Amen. <laughs> Your fingerprint's different than mine. Yeah. And yet we're all made up of the same chemical parts. And we have physical things made of the same water and stuff. We're still there. But we're different. Do you not think the same God can remake our resurrected body of material that he will form, which will retain the individual distinctness of the personality that we have right now? Scripture teaches us he's going to give us a new body. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but when he appears, we shall have a body fashioned like his own glorious body for the glory of God. Yet it's going to be basically different because it will not be subject to the material laws of this world, praise God. Now, when we speak of resurrection of body, we don't necessarily mean the reconstruction of the parts of this present body. 
but the reforming of the resurrected body in personality. When I die, when you die, if you're Christians, to be absent the body, be present the Lord. Our soul and our spirit goes to be with the Lord. The body goes back to the ground. But when resurrection morning comes, the Bible does not teach soul sleep. It's that body decaying in the, in, in the ground. When we come back with him in the clouds, the trump of God will sound. When the Bible said the dead in Christ will rise, it talks about the body that was sown in weakness that will come out. The same personality, the same Jeff Davis, will now come into the new body. When Jesus Christ rose from the grave, they recognized him. He looked the same. But now he was not limited to the laws of nature. He was able to walk through a wooden door. He couldn't do that prior to resurrection. He could walk through a wooden door, and I suppose if he wanted to, he could sit on the wooden bench. Now you go figure that one out. He was not limited to what nature of this world law said he had to do. I remind you that we have historical proof. We have secular proof that Jesus Christ had a resurrected body. That's why Paul, whose mind was far brilliant than mine, said this, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform this body of our humble state into conformity with the body of His glory by the exertion of the power that He has even to subject all things to Himself. Jesus Christ did not die for Himself. Jesus Christ did not rise from the grave for Himself. Had He not risen, our sorrow over death may be justified when a loved one dies. But the fact he rose from the grave gives me hope, gives me peace, gives me consolation to know that when my loved ones die and their bodies go back to the grave, I don't sorrow as those that have no hope. I don't sorrow as those that have no belief. I am able to rejoice to know uh, the body's gone. And the worst death could do is take the body, but it could not touch that triumphal soul. It could not touch that victorious spirit that lived inside that house of clay. They checked out of this popsicle stand, friend, and they're waiting for a brand new one to show up one day. But the same guy, the same woman, the same man that took off in glory will come back with a brand new body. Amen. History validates that. So I believe with all my heart, death is inevitable for every one of us. Therefore, the resurrection should be one of the most fascinating things we think about, one of the glorious subjects we can preach, and one of the greatest things to bring hope to us in the Christian faith. Amen. A lot of people have a lot of beliefs. Yeah. But friend, I'm grateful our belief is built upon the eternal Word of God. Paul tells us the body we now possess is a body of humiliation. One day we'll receive a body similar to that of Christ Jesus. I have no doubt that the Greeks were totally upset with the Apostle Paul when he told them the body was a body of humiliation. Why? Because the Greek people and their culture, they worshiped the body. They thought the body was beautiful. That's why they have all them naked statues in Greece. I didn't know that. Well, they do. They're everywhere. Naked statues everywhere you go. To them it's a symbol of beauty. But the Apostle Paul shouts at the top of his voice, the body is one of humiliation. It's like he's saying, you're going to die someday, and that beautiful body you think you have, you're going to gain another body, a glorious one, similar to the body of Jesus Christ in his resurrection. Lord. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to our glorified body. Amen. I don't know what I'm going to look like. I've, I've tried to imagine. <laughs> I hope I'll look like eternity. I've come out of GQ and not DQ. 
How about you? My wife told me the other night that they're watching, hi, Mom and Donna. They're, they're watching this morning in Virginia. My mom told me the other night, she said, oh, she said, you look like Moses up there, that gray hair. I didn't have the gray hair until I got married. When she gets back, I won't have no hair before she'll pull it out. I don't know what we're going to look like. But I know one thing, whatever he does, he'll do it well. I thought about children that have been aborted. My wife and I lost a child, the first child we had. Some of you have done the same here. And I've wondered what that baby be like in glory. What's it doing now? See, we may take life as if it was junk and trash and a fetus and a burden and a problem. But God doesn't take it that way. Amen. To him, all life is precious. I don't know what kind of a resurrected life or body those little babies will have, but the God of the Word lets me know they'll have something that'll be great. I don't know if they'll be at a certain age and never was able to live on. I don't know how God does. I don't, I don't swim that deep. And I don't need to know except this much. The God of the universe does things right. He does things right. He does things right. It's only believers that's going to have a resurrection from the dead. Get this. The unsaved will rise from the dead as well. Unbelievers will rise. All will have new and different bodies. I don't know if the unsaved don't think we'll have glorified bodies, but they have some kind of a body that will be conducive to hell. A preacher, this is not popular. It's not fashionable. Doesn't take the truth away from it. The Bible says, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which that all in the, all in the graves will hear his voice. This includes believers. This includes unbelievers. And it goes on to say, and shall come forth that they've done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil to the resurrection of damnation. There'll be no need, there'll be no chance for repentance at that point. Hear me, church. Your eternal destiny is sealed the day your heart beats its last time upon this earth. Forgive me, Catholics that are here, but you all invented purgatory, not us. There is no purgatory. There is no place to pray somebody out of. We make our choice upon this earth. And the Bible said that there are two destinations, heaven for the born again and hell for those who are lost. People say, well, I, I think if I'm just good enough, how good is good? Come on. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's no good, no, not one. We've all missed the mark with God. It's been surveyed and somebody said 75% of Americans believe in the Ten Commandments, but only 3 to 5% know what all 10 of them are. I want to make a statement, please don't misunderstand me. It is not sin that sends a person to hell. It's not accepting Jesus Christ. That is not a license for you and I to sin. But it's a license for you and I to know that we're human. And I don't care how much of God you have, you are human. The sin nature came in us when we were born. And the only way the sin nature gets out of us is the day that we die. 
You can pray and try to get rid of the sin in your life. You can fast. You can pray fast and you can fast till you lose so much weight you can choke yourself going through your own belly button. But let me tell you something. The only way you'll get out of sin is the day you have a brand new body or the day that you die. The Bible said in John, in 1 John, he said, if you say you have no sin, you are a liar. He's talking to Christians. But he said, if you practice sin, you are of your father the devil. How do you rectify those two verses? I'll do it this way. It's impossible for Adam that lives in me not to sin, and it's impossible for the Lord in me to sin. And the one to whom I yield myself to is what's going to come out of me. That dual nature is on the inside of me. I wrestle with it to the day I die. And so do you. And so do you. But I'll tell you one thing. When I got saved, when I gave my heart to Jesus, there was a transformation. I was born again. Old things passed away. Old things are passing away. Old things continue to pass away. I became new. I'm becoming newer, and I'm becoming newer every day. But there'll come a time that I do sin. You do too. We don't have to, but we do. We're human. But if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father Christ Jesus, the righteous, who is the propitiation for our sins, and not our sins only, but the sins of the entire world. It does not give me a license to sin, but there is no such thing as sinless perfection. Don't say, well, the preacher said I can sin and get away. I didn't say that. It's not accepting Jesus that sends us to hell. But when we are saved, and if we sin, the Holy Spirit convicts us. We put that under the blood, and we're not sorry we got caught. We're sorry we spit in the face of God. Are you with me this morning? There's going to be an opportunity to repent after the resurrection. Our eternal destiny has been sealed once and for all. So we better call upon the Lord while we can. Now, friend, let Jesus tell you how to obtain eternal life. You don't have to believe me, but believe the one that rose from the grave. You know what? I'm going to believe Jesus for I believe some talking head on CNN or PFSNBC. I'm going to believe what Jesus said over some preacher that's backslidden or some prophet that's just screwed up as a termite and a yo-yo. I just want to believe what the Bible says and what the Lord says. I got to hurry. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on me that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation but is passed from death unto life. You don't have to wait to accept Christ on resurrection day because it'll be too late then. You call upon the soon coming judge to be your present Savior today. The resurrection of the dead is one of the greatest truths revealed in the Word of God. Paul devoted an entire chapter, 1 Corinthians 15, to the fact of the resurrection. It was the Sadducees who denied the resurrection. It was the Sadducees who denied angels. It's the Sadducees uh, who denied any supernatural activity. That's why they were sad, you see. They didn't believe in nothing. (laughs) They didn't believe in anything that counted, you know what I'm saying? Even though they're skeptics of our day, the Bible clearly affirms that resurrection of Jesus Christ happened and our own is going to happen as well. The same God who created man from the dust of this earth, who demonstrated his power over the realm of death by raising the dead, has assured us that we will have a resurrection in our own life one day as well. Well, let me hurry and close this morning. What would resurrection body look like? Paul answers this for us in 1 Corinthians 15. I'm not going to take the time to read all the scriptures. But look, if you will, this morning in 1 Corinthians 15, 37 through 38. It'll be the same body and yet a different body. Resurrection will be the same body, 
but yet it will be a different body. If I sow a seed of wheat in the ground, wheat's going to come up. If I sow a seed of barley, barley's going to come up. If I sow a green bean, a green bean's going to come up. If I sow uh, a squash, a watermelon's not going to come up. That might in my garden, but it's not supposed to. The new body would be the same body, and they would be absolutely identified with the body that we lived in before we died. If Joe Dobelly dies as planted, Joe Dobelly is going to come back out in a resurrected body. The same yet different. The body of Jesus was the same but different. It was recognizable, and yet how different the body was. It was no longer weak. It was no longer subject to human limitations. But it was strong. It was glorious. And it was subject, if you will, to new laws. To new laws. I don't know about you, but I, I got just enough imagination to believe the Lord's going to let us have fun in a resurrected body. Forgive me, I, I just feel like we're going to have a good time in a resurrected body. I, I, I mean, I won't go there. I, I just got this vivid imagination. In, in the millennial reign of Christ, I just pray that God let me have the desires of my heart. Let me put it to you this way. Forgive me. Years ago, my wife and I went to Bush Gardens. This was way back when. Our kids were small. I'm not even sure Ashley was born at the time. And they had those bumper cars. You know what those are? You ride in them. I saw this old man. He was standing in line going to the bumper car. He had this morose look on his face. He got in that bumper car and they hit the gas on that thing. And man, he was like a man possessed. <laughs> He smiled like a mule eating briars, and he hit the gas, and he went after everybody he could, especially the teenager. Man, I mean, he bumped them, <laughs> and he'd bump them, and he'd get out of that car, and he'd run back around. <laughs> he'd get back in line. He'd get back in the car, hit the gas. <laughs> I thought, millennial rain and me. <sighs> Enough said. It'll be a God-given body and suited for a brand new environment, verses 38 through 41. At the resurrection, God's going to give us a new body to every redeemed sinner. And it'll be a body perfectly suited for the new life to live and the new environment in which we are living. Somebody said, I read the Bible and I don't see where there's any green grass up there and I love green grass. How do you know that you'll have a body that likes green grass? He's going to give us a body that likes gold. Streets of gold, walls of jasper, gates of pearl. Hallelujah. So he's going to give us a body that will be conducive to the new environment where we are. If a fish has a body conducive to water. A squirrel has a body conducive to climb the trees. A bird has a body conducive to fly. We have a body conducive to here. What's it going to look like when we get to glory? I have not seen, ear had not heard, thought had not entered the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. That includes the body. We don't know what it's going to be like, but friend, it's going to be a hoot. Yeah. It'll be incorruptible body, verse 42. The human body becomes worn and wasted with disease. It's subject to decay. But I'm here to tell you the resurrected body will be no element of corruption. Disease and death will have no power over it. It'll be a glorious body unmarked by dishonor, verse 43. Our present body is dishonored because sin bringing disease, decay, death, dementia, diabetes, you name it. 
But this is all going to change. We have a brand new body. Yesterday, I did another foolish thing. I rode my bike to Bartow, 17 miles, and today I'm feeling it. <laughs> and I'll probably do it again. This body gets torn and it gets worn out, and my left knee with that meniscus gone lets me know it's hurting today. But one of these days, I will have a body Amen. like that of Jesus Christ. It will be a powerful body in which there will be no weakness. Verse 43, our present body needs constant rest. It needs exercise. It needs sleep. It needs food. And even then it becomes weak. And as year goes by, it gets weaker and weaker and weaker until it dies. How many of you can't wait to get to the golden years? i got good news for you. The doctor gets the gold. We get stuck with the years. I'm not looking just for the golden years. I'm looking for the Lord God Almighty who will renew my years in a place called heaven. Praise God. It'll be, it'll be well to serve the Lord in wholeness throughout all of eternity if you think about it. It'll be a powerful body in which there's no weakness. Praise God. There'll be no such thing as fatigue, tiredness, sadness, weakness, exhaustion. There are times I go home in the evening my insides are shaking because of stress, because of pain and weakness. But let me tell you, there's going to come a day, ain't going to happen no more. Friend, you might as well sell it to Jesus Christ in this world because he's got a retirement plan that is out of this world. Praise God. And finally, it'll be a spiritual body, not a natural body, verses 44 through 49. It'll not be mortal, but immortal. Everything about our present body is earthly. Everything about our resurrected body will be heavenly. Our pre present body is composed of dust. Our new body won't have any dust in it whatsoever. Peter says it this way, Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Amen. We serve a resurrected Christ who has promised us a resurrected body in a place called heaven. Praise